Welcome everyone to the Sacred Hockey Mask. I am Peter and joining me, as always, is Lady Sasha coming to you here from sunny Orlando, Florida. So confident. It's, you had like two seconds of the well, confidence. I had, I had to think about it because it technically isn't sunny right now. I think, we, I think it's going to rain today. <laughs> <laughs> That's what made me pause. I was like, technically it's not sunny, but it usually is 99.9% of the time. Welcome it. Embrace it. You're not used to rain. Just mm-hmm. let, let the rain come in. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, wash yourself of the, the, the Floridian sins. Floridian, is yes. that a word? <laughs> yeah, Floridian. That's what the, the natives here are called Floridians. Yeah. It sounds. Or if you're not from Flor- Florida, that sometimes they're called Floridians. <laughs> it sounds like a a chemical you'd put in a swimming pool. I mean, I'm not saying it sounds mm-hmm. like chlorine, but it sounds like something you'd put in, like fluoride. I guess it sounds like fluor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> this is a horror movie podcast. We get together. Uh, we've watched the horror movie. We're going to talk about it. Uh, contemporary horror films, and we're doing a pretty new release this week. We're looking at Till Death, which is a Megan Fox movie that just came out in a, the last month or so. And uh, the premise is simple. It is about uh, a married woman, played by Megan Fox, whose husband commits suicide right after he handcuffs himself to her at a secluded lake house in the middle of the winter. Uh, And she has no supplies. There's nothing there to help her. She's just handcuffed to a dead body that was her husband. Uh, There's obviously more to it than that. I'm keeping this spoiler-free because we will start spoiler-free, of course, like we always do. And we'll give you warning uh, somewhere in the middle before we go into spoilers. But... uh, uh, that is the the basic gist of it. So that this is a this is a simple gimmick movie to me, where you can just sum up the premise in a really simple way, which is a woman's handcuffed to her dead husband who did this intentionally to her, and she's out on her own in a middle of nowhere house, no supplies, no tools. How is she going to like figure this out? You know, it's a survival movie. A lot of potential in the premise. I'd heard. Fairly did had you heard anything about this like before we watched it? Only maybe a day or two before you mentioned it to me, I saw the poster for it on Twitter. And I chose not to watch the trailer, so I went in completely blind. I, I, I just went yeah, based I, off of the poster. Yeah, I also went in uh, pretty blind. I, mean, I I knew the I knew the handcuff part. Like I knew that part of the premise. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you know, the, the, this is the most simplest of things that we're getting shared around. But I was the same. I'd seen the poster with the, you know, her lying on the ice with the the handcuff sort of chain. Because it's not, it's not like a short handcuff chain. It's a bit longer. It's got, it's got, it's got a foot mm-hmm. of, you know, chain on the handcuff uh, to the to the husband's wrist, and uh, she's lying on the ice. So yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's a it's an eye catching poster. It's got a distinct kind of like simplistic look to it, uh, but it isn't just floating heads, which I appreciate because so many posters just do that now. Uh, so I don't know what to expect from this going into it. Uh, obviously, it went straight to VOD, which doesn't mean that much anymore, and it certainly doesn't mean much when we're still in the pandemic either. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, who's to say if this would have been a theatre movie? But uh, yeah, I, I guess bef- before we go any further, I'll just ask the simple question. How did you generally feel about Till Death? I liked it more than I expected to, because um, one thing about me, I am not a fan of bottle films. And this What? 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 Yes, if it, if- the whole just a few characters in a house. There's I can name probably three bottle films that I really like. Evil Dead. That's that's a bottle film. Uh, Psycho. I, I would say Psycho is a bottle film. I enjoy that. Um, 
I'm iffy whether I want to call Saw a bottle film because most of it takes place in that bathroom, but there were scenes outside of that bathroom. This flashback, I, I would, I, I would kind of count it. I mean, flashbacks are a bit of a technicality, mm. but I would say that's more of a bottle movie than Psycho. I feel like Psycho's got a lot more traveling in it. Mm. Uh, but and and Cube, I enjoyed Cube and that that oh, kind Cube, of yeah, Cube's even though it's technically different locations, or is it not? I haven't figured out if they're. If, it, if they're just going into dimensions of the same cube or what's happening, because I didn't watch all of the sequels, so maybe it gets explained later on, but... I, I mean, it, it just, like, technically they go to different rooms, but, like, if you were in a mansion, you still call it a bottle movie, just even if they yeah. go to different rooms. So, I mean, I, I'd still count that. The cube's totally a bottle movie. Nah, mm-hmm. uh, I react strongly, because I have often said, uh, long-time male fuzz uh, movies and TV fans will attest to my love of the bottle... Not that all bottle movies are good. Some of them aren't. Right, um, the 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 pinnacle, the 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 creme de la creme, the one that you point to to say this is how you do a bottle movie. Of course, is Twelve Angry Men, not a horror movie, of course, but uh, that is the, the 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 pinnacle of the bottle movie, which is just twelve men in a room debating on someone's innocence. Uh, it is very good, but and that's why I like the good ones because the good ones tend mm-hmm. to force the rating to like be that good because it has to do it alone on the conversation it has to work alone on its it's a uh, confined premise but but yes now right. that you say that i think that uh, the, i could say the same thing the way you described 12 angry, angry men reminded me of uh the breakfast club which also mm. works on the strength yeah. of the conversation that's also a bottle movie for sure uh mm-hmm. so yes so my shock aside uh, of that statement so continue with your thoughts on <laughs> until death oh, so, um i i was happy to see megan fox acting again because i know she's been through some issues in hollywood especially when it comes to being typecast and not giving given certain opportunities because they they um take her look and try to put her in a box and i think she's capable of a lot more than what she's been given in the past so I think she did a, an excellent job with this. The story, um, without spoiling it, unless you've read this book, this would be, I guess, a spoiler if you've read the book. But um, Oh, is it based in the book? I didn't know that. No, no, no. There's a book called Gerald's Game. It's a Stephen King novel. Uh, okay, okay, yes. I know. I've, I, this, I've reviewed the movie with Tim, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this reminded me a bit of Gerald's Game, except for the circumstances surrounding her husband's death. And also that uh, in Gerald's game, the wife is handcuffed to a bed, and her husband is her dead husband is not handcuffed to her, but he's in the room with her, yeah. also in a secluded cabin. Yeah, my my main thought of that that story too. All, I mean, it plays out very differently because oh yes, yeah, she, you yeah. know, here she can still move. There's a, obviously there's a big obstacle, and that she's trying to drag mm-hmm. around this body, but. Gerald's game, because Gerald's game goes the other route. Gerald's game is more about the flashbacks and the hallucinations mm-hmm. and the all that side of stuff, whereas this is more mostly practical it's mostly her try to like find tools mm-hmm. find things that can help her and stuff but uh yeah uh, I, I would agree with the sentiment you gave there though which is you liked it better than you thought you would i think i i agree with that um if anything like i went on a bit of a roller coaster because i i wasn't really thinking much going into it and i thought the opening was oddly kind of strong where the music and the yes. cinematography i thought drew me into it in a way where i'm like you know what this feels like a movie i'm, I'm kind of feeling this a little bit if anything, I would say that it loses a little bit of the the cinematic mystique that it has the more it goes on. And I know that it obviously has to reveal things, but there's some characters later on in the film that I thought were not as 
not as interesting as I think the movie probably wanted them to be. And I, I'll just leave it there until we get to spoilers. But uh, yeah, but if no, I were to split this into, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say it, but uh, like, so I, I sort of say that overall, though, I still kind of enjoyed everything it was doing to a point. Although it, it kind of went from feeling like it might be a really great gem to being okay. You know what? Overall, that was a solid watch. I'd I'd recommend someone watch it, especially as as a sort of like afternoon kind of mm-hmm. like. Yeah, not going to blow your mind, you know, or anything like that, but solid mm-hmm. enough, entertaining, and yeah. So what were you going to say? Sorry. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought you had finished a thought and I started speaking ahead of time, but I was just saying that if I were to break this into thirds, mm. the first act of the movie, very strong. The middle act is where it kind of gets a little bit um, less, I was less enthusiastic about that. And then the final act, it picks back up and it's more more entertaining again. So if uh, yeah. I were to describe to somebody watching this, I would say you're going to want to, or you might want to abandon the movie towards the middle, but stick it out. It gets better again. It does have an interesting structure. And I mean, obviously most movies can be split into three acts, but this is a very interesting, mm-hmm. like three acts as it were, just because of how different they kind of are, especially the first one compared to the rest of them. Uh, I, I would say that, I, I don't know if I completely agree in the the ranking of the parts, if you will, based on what you mm. just said. Because I, I would say that, I might agree the first one's the strongest, but I actually think the middle one might be, I might prefer that more to the, the last chunk. Just purely because it was, it presented more of a challenge because of how pared back it was. I'll just say, I don't want to spoil anything. I'm, I'm really trying not to give away where it goes. Uh, once we're sort of in the situation, but the middle s- s- chunk is a lot of like the the problem solving and the discovery of what's going on and, and and that kind of stuff. Um, but I will say that even even the when I think it's at its weakest, I was still kind of having fun. It, it just kind of like went down to just being a fun movie at that point, as opposed to feeling like it may be something special, which it kind of felt like it might be early on. Like early on, I thought, oh, it might actually. Like, I, I might be really enthusiastic about this. And I am still enthusiastic. I'm more enthusiastic than I thought I'd be. But I'm not like, oh, man, this is, like, the, the new gem that everyone has to see. Like, you have to... Like, it's not mm-hmm. that. But it, it it's a fun movie that I think is... And does a lot... Trust me. I, I am actually shocked. And some people would say Conjuring 3 was as bad as what I'm about to say. But we've not re- really hit any stinkers yet. Three episodes mm-hmm. in. And honestly, yeah. that's not going to last. We're we're going to yeah. <laughs> we're going to hit some stinkers. Yeah. It's definitely happening, but it's not happened yet. Uh, so uh, fair play. Yeah, Megan Fox. You mentioned Megan Fox there. Uh, she is she she's okay in the movie. I think I I think there's at times where I almost don't think she was acting as traumatized as she should have been, given the the like the the ridiculous. Like circumstances she's she's been put in. There's a few times where I felt like she was maybe being a little bit too reserved, but um, it is nice to see her just on the principle of the real life stuff, which is she was effectively blackballed because she spoke out against Michael Bay or said I can't even remember the exact mm-hmm. statements or what the scenario was, but she did kind of disappear from from mainstream cinema for a while mm-hmm. after that because that was back in like 2009, 2010, kind of around then, and then she was gone for. A long time and hell maybe that's even why because because in this movie the couple have been married for 11 years which would take you back to 2010 i wonder if that's even intentional as a this is almost meant to be kind of like a metaphor for the baggage she's been going around hollywood with for the last 
decades. Well, <laughs> I don't know if they have the same expression in the UK, but in, in America, sometimes people call their significant other their ball and chain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so her husband effectively became a literal ball and chain. She's... <laughs> Honestly, my only complaint with that is that at one point she actually said that out loud, and I thought, no, 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 we got the yeah. metaphor. You didn't have to spell mm-hmm. it out to us. <laughs> because there's a a point where she gets mad and says i you know i was carrying around your dead carcass years before now you just didn't know i'm like no you just you just you made it to you Mm -hmm. you spelled it out now now it's not smart anymore now it's like we're proud of our metaphor and we're going to tell you about it no 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 let it stand let it stand on its own but you know i mean that's not a huge complaint in the grand scheme of things but it did annoy me a little bit did annoy me a little bit uh but no, it's, it's got some it's got some tremendous mood early on, I I would say, because mm-hmm. it doesn't just jump into being a horror movie. Like it it spends some time just sort of letting who this woman is, what her relationships are, because you know, I don't think it's a spoiler to say she's having an affair with someone at the start of the movie. I think that's you know that's right at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, it just sets up that she's unhappy in this marriage, and of course you're thinking, does he know? You know does mm-hmm. the husband know? Does the you know what, what's what's going on here? It does kind of feel like there's some sort of ulterior motive. If if anything, if I have an acting complaint, is that maybe the husband is a bit too, you know, he's he's he's, he's that evil British pompous kind of mm-hmm. like feel to him the entire time. He's a he's a little bit caricature, uh, to a point. I kind I kind of liked how that played out. It reminded me of um, a, this is an old Julia Roberts movie from the eighties, but it's called Sleeping with the Enemy. And it was also about a woman who was trying to get away from her abusive husband. And and in that movie, things were very subtle. The same way this gentleman, it's like little subtle things. You don't, there's like an underlying uneasiness to him as they're, you know, introducing his character. And you just feel like, what's going to set him off? He just always seems very calm and very deliberate, but he gives an air of, I can go off and fly off the handle at any moment. But he doesn't, and it just keeps you on edge. I also like, the contrast that they showed when the movie opens, I thought the first gentleman that was with her was her husband because the mm-hmm. way they interacted with each other and they were so warm and loving with each other and it was a completely different feel to when she, when you see her actual husband and it's it's a complete opposite. It's a polar opposite. It's uh, funny that she used the term polar because there's a coldness between them that is, is palpable. I and, thought that, and, and the rest of the movie... Well takes place in the snow as well just to add on yes. to your, your your pun there uh no i i i agree it's that thing where the whole point of that is to show you just how just how fractured her marriage is because once you do get her with her husband and they just seem so unhappy with each other like they're not emoting at all um and it's it's kind of like oh, okay all right so we're getting this sense of just how you know it's, it's that thing where it becomes clear by the end of the scene with the the, the was it mark i think the the, the the guy she's no was Mark the husband I can't remember <laughs> I can't remember uh, Mark's the husband sorry uh, Tom is the is the is the boyfriend or the mm-hmm. whatever you uh, you'd like to call him but he and her you know is is she's kind of standoffish about the relationship in this scene and I think by the end of the relationship obviously she eventually says uh, oh it's my anniversary tomorrow I can't see you but, to, mm-hmm. but I think before that you kind of start to get the feeling like that's there's a reason why she's conflicted there's a reason why she's trying to uh mm-hmm. uh put a stop to this and say that we can't do this anymore um and the second you see her with her husband um I, I, you know you, you get that feeling that like like 
are they not like even noticing when each other are at home because she goes to see him at his office like was he not there that morning to speak to just just little details like that and he's he's some big hotshot lawyer he's at a big law firm and he's got like this private office and all the rest of it uh, everything about it is cool. even the fact that she has to go to his workplace to meet him mm-hmm. and talk to him feels very impersonal right it feels very oh you made an appointment with my secretary. You, you may come and see me now. And not, not that that's literally what's happening. It's not like she had to do that. But it just gives it that feeling that, sh- that she went to his workplace to do that. Adds that little layer to it, which is... Which is I, I will give it credit, though, because the opening of this movie, which is a woman is cheating on her husband and feels conflicted about it, and then she's going to have to speak to her husband the next day. This could be painfully dull, because so many stories in movies and TV are about cheating spouses and oh boy, oh boy, are 999 out of a thousand times is it boring as shit. And cliched and everything else. I thought this movie was working overtime. The director was working overtime to make it a little bit interesting the way it was like intercutting between her driving home and the, the conversation. The score, I thought, was doing its best to make it... And it was basically a case of... The actual story so far is not necessarily that interesting, but the filmmaking's making it feel interesting the fellow making is giving it a bit of a, a feel and a bit of a vibe and as a result you're kind of you know you're drawn in a little bit you're giving it a little bit of a leeway and you're letting it kind of play out until it starts to you know show its its hand a little bit more i guess yeah i, uh, found, I found her husband to almost be as creepy as if not more creepy than the abusive husband in the the new um invisible man like I, I, him, he, he was actually less creepy because you could almost predict the type of things he would do. But this mm. guy, because he was so unpredictable, you didn't know what he was gonna do. Just them going out to dinner for their anniversary was. It, I never felt like my stomach. I should say my stomach tensed up when he went to put her necklace on. Like something as simple as he's gonna put a necklace on her. I felt tense. Like is he gonna do something? What's gonna happen? Because there was just something off about him. There, there is a, there is a tension in that scene, and you know nothing bad's going to happen because they're in a public place, kind of, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, although it's interesting you compare it to the boyfriend and Invisible Man because he, now you've mentioned that he, they, like, let's just say you were getting five guys for a police lineup, and they always try to get guys mm-hmm. who look similar. They, like, mm-hmm. they, they would be on the same police lineup. Oh yeah, <laughs> they yeah. look very similar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like the, him putting on that that fancy new necklace, it does, you know. It, it's almost framed and shot as if he's about to strangle her. Like, you know, like if, if this was a movie where someone had like a, a piano wire and they were going to garrote them with it. Like, that's, um, and don't get me wrong. It's, it's a little heavy handed. You know, there's, there's another couple there. This young woman like is proposed to at the restaurant and you know, there's moments like that where it's a little bit heavy handed and you can kind of see, you know, and she runs into the woman in the bathroom and tries to give her some advice and it feels a little bit like, okay, okay we get the point so it's not perfect like, i don't want to make, make it sound like it's like a you know some genius film that's 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 full of subtleties necessarily but it it's, it's doing just enough with all of its ideas that it feels like a movie and it feels like it's not uh it feels like it's always setting something up which well even if it is a little heavy-handed at times I will, there's been so many VOD movies that feel the opposite, where it feels like they're not setting anything up, where it feels like mm-hmm. it, there's nothing to say. At least if it's been a little heavy-handed, at least there's a story. <laughs> at least there's something yes. going on. So, I agree. There's there's some character development going on. They tried yeah. hard to get in there. There's a lot, like you said, with the, a lot of recent VODs, 
there's I've watched so many movies in this past year where there's like almost no character development. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like this is Bob, this is Jen, they're getting haunted. <laughs> it's like we don't even know who they are yet. It's two minutes into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it is a big problem, and I, I think you know this has setup and payoff, and the setup and payoffs aren't necessarily neat. Uh, I won't say much, but I'll just say she sees a photo early on, which kind of starts like a like a, a plot thread which is always going to come back up there. And it's not the neatest thing ever. It's a, it's a little bit kind of, again, obvious and heavy-handed, but it's like, at least it is setting something up. It's setting something up that can pay off later. Uh, and I think if you go into this with the right expectations of, I want to watch a decent B-movie, uh, which d- does kind of like present itself, at least to begin with, like it does have a bit of more aspirations than that. It does feel like it's aiming for a little higher than that. And I wouldn't say it reaches that. I'd say it ends up just being a fun B-movie with a fun premise mm-hmm. and some nice ten sequences that are fairly well shot, I think. I think the, the cinematography mostly holds up uh, throughout. There's a couple of moments where I thought the the, 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 the breath, the cold breath, was like really obviously mm-hmm. CG, which was a little... Dist- and I get it. You don't want the actors to actually be freezing their asses off uh, you know, in snow, or especially Megan Fox walking about barefoot. Uh, so it's... If you're paying attention to it, you can tell that it's not real snow. But it's actually for fake snow, it actually looked pretty. It it looked and moved around pretty good compared to some mm-hmm. other fake snow that I've seen in other things. So I won't complain. I get it. Either way, I give Megan Fox frostbite. I, I understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a a great shot. Speaking of cinematography, towards the beginning of the movie's overhead shot of when she yeah uh, yeah taking good. The, the taxi, I think, to her husband's um office and you can see the overhead shot of the taxi and the umbrellas it was really nice well uh, what i liked about that is because it because it, you know, it starts off with just some clouds and some credits and whatever but mm-hmm. it's like a it's a drone or a helicopter shot of and it starts off and it's very distinct it's new york right so you can see like the top part of central park and it's winter so it's all snow but it does this thing where it sort of gradually becomes a bird's eye view like you say and then you eventually mm-hmm. see the, the car and the, the umbrellas and stuff but it, because it was so graceful, because we get so many aerial shots in New York now, right? Every, so many movies have the, the skyline of New York, and it's just kind of whatever. This, I thought, it was just nice and graceful, and the way it kind of honed in a little bit made it feel like there was a bit more of a focus, and it made it just feel like a little bit more, like you say, eye-catching. So and I agree, that opening shot was quite good. Uh, it was like, oh, this might be not bad mm-hmm. <laughs> was kind of my reaction I was like, oh, okay all right all right you, you've started off with a nice shot okay you've got my attention movie uh don't don't ruin it now don't ruin it uh so yes i'm just i'm trying to think what else we can talk about in the spoiler spoiler free. yeah the spoiler free part uh it's I don't know if there's anything left. <laughs> like, because this movie, like, because once things start to unfold, once she's handcuffed to the dead husband, there's so many things that pop up, but they're all, I feel like they're all spoilers because you don't have to use any of those to sell the movie. The movie premise is mm-hmm. that you just, you know, husband kills himself, handcuffed to his wife, and she has to then deal with all these problems. Like, that sells the movie. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I never saw a trailer. I don't know how much they showed in the trailer. I, I, this feels like the trailer might probably spoil too much. I, yeah, that's why I didn't watch it. Yeah, because yeah, because I I, now that I've seen the movie, I'm thinking of like I feel like they definitely show stuff in the back half. There's no way they don't show some clips of various things that are going on in the back half of this movie. So, yeah, I, I guess I guess we'll have to just move out to spoilers then at this point. But uh, yeah, it's a fun it's a fun movie. Uh, I, I I would recommend. It. It's not perfect. I'm not saying that you're not going to have any nitpicks or complaints or but. 
I, I think you can appreciate that it's 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 a fairly competent movie. And I know that's that's also like a really faint praise, like I'm saying, though these standards are so low now, but um. I don't mean it to be too faint. I I mean it to be no. It's, it's, there's nothing wrong with this just being a fun, solid yeah. enough movie, and it's Every, you know, everything is class. not just everything is not just a binary. Oh, it's awesome or it sucks. There's some things that are in between. There's a whole range between you know something that sucks, something that's mediocre, something that's all right. You know, there's a range. <laughs> Shasha, that's not what the internet's told me. The internet's told me everything's a one or a ten. I don't, I don't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, also, that it, uh, certain things can give you cancer. Apparently, I've read. You know, someone wrote this film gave me cancer. I, <laughs> I don't know if that's medically accurate, but I've seen it on the internet. If it was directed by Rob Zombie, I believe it. Um. So. Oh, <laughs> gosh. oh I have a whole rant video specifically about Halloween too. <laughs> Killer for mummy, Michael. Killer for mummy. Uh, so, yes. Uh, so, spoilers. I got a spoiler warning for Till Death, Megan Fox's movie. Uh, directed by S.K. Dale. I should probably mention director at some point. S.K. Dale's a director uh, who I'm not familiar with. Uh, S.K. Uh, he or she, I have no idea uh, based on S.K. And there's no photo, annoyingly, so okay, that, that doesn't help me. Uh, but. <laughs> I'm just having a quick look. Yeah, all short films. Uh, oh, uh, apparently named Scott, so presumably a gentleman. Uh, apparently it was four short films, and then this is the first feature. Is a feature length debut? I'm actually honestly. Mm. That's impressive for a feature length debut. Uh, that's promising. That's some pr- promising uh, work in this. So uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, so spoilers then. From this point on, you have been warned. All right. So before we, so it's in three sections. We can tackle the three sections. I think we mentioned a lot of the first one, but there's still some stuff to go over. Mm-hmm. Details wise, uh, the key things, of course, being other things from the the restaurant scene. Uh, he gives her this gift of the of the the steel necklace because it's their steel anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she gives him Super Bowl tickets because she thought, oh, maybe your team, the Steelers, are, are going to be in there. And he's like, nah, they're doing shit. And he just puts the tickets down. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, it, I mean, obviously, given that he knows he's going to kill himself, mm-hmm. uh, maybe he's not that excited about the prospect of going to a, of a game. But it, it, it was kind of this thing where he, because he has, one of the things we didn't mention is he is very controlling. You know, he says, oh, I want you to wear the red dress. We'll go home and you can change before we go to the restaurant. Oh, uh, you know, to hell with your gift. Your gift's stupid. But put on my gift. I bought you that gift. And that's when he mm-hmm. sort of forces the, the necklace on her, blah, blah, blah. Uh, all, all, all these little things that I've seen in that. The other big thing, though, is that in his office, she, she looks at one of these case files and it's, uh, you know this guy who she has like a quick flashback to she was attacked number it sounds like this is maybe how they even met uh, was that he was a prosecutor at the time and mm-hmm. put this guy away although it sounds like the reason he got rich and he's in this big company now is because he switched to being a defense attorney for scumbags uh, that's where all the money is so I don't think that's any sort of commentary it's just kind of mm-hmm. based on just an explanation yeah. for his his wealth it's an explanation, but it's also just another sign that he's kind of a shittier person than he used to be. Yeah. Mm. Uh, over those, over that decade, he's he seemingly slid into uh, awfulness. So, uh, but he's got one more surprise after all this stuff, where he's like, he insists that she wear a blindfold, and he's driving her out somewhere, and she keeps saying, oh, "Like this is weird. Like, can I just take the blindfold off?" And he's like, "No." And at one point, he actually grabs her arm. He's like, "No, you'll 
ruin the surprise. Like, but it's, like, it's very, it's, it's very intimidating. It's an intimidating mm-hmm. thing. And all, all I can think, this is the thing when I'm thinking back on this scene, given where it goes and what he's going to do, I'm like, is there any reason she actually has to be blindfolded for this? I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe not to like text anyone where she's going or something. Maybe he's trying to eliminate the the idea that she might like communicate with anyone before it's before he's actually enacted his plan of you know occupying her time and then obviously when she wakes up the, the phone's in the water and stuff but uh i was like does it does actually matter if she's blindfolded the whole way in the car it didn't seem like she, it did. i don't i don't think so because she knows what this place is because she says this is this is their lake house it's just they mm-hmm. don't usually come here in the winter so you know this, her knowledge of how to get home is not an issue here <laughs> Yeah, I'm wondering if he had her blindfolded just so that she wouldn't argue with him. For because I, I, assuming that she probably would have said, "I don't feel like going out to the lake house," if she knew immediately that she was mm. going to the to the lake house. Yeah, she may have said. Not that it would have mattered because she changed her her dress for him and mm. she put on a necklace like he told her. So even if she did try to argue, most likely he was gonna uh, bulldoze her. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying though. You're saying that she. Like, might have said, hey, nah, you know what? I don't feel like being in a secluded place with you. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, he's, he's kind of removing the chance for her to say no. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, so, but yeah, but they end up there. He's He's got, you know, rose petals around. He's got some candles. He's got some old photographs of them, you know, in their earlier days. Uh, he leads her up to the bedroom, gives her some some champagne or wine or whatever, and uh, presumably they have sex, and it's the end of the night. Um, it's not very romantic. All of it feels very cold and clinical. It feels like she's going through the motions. Uh, we know she has no love left for this relationship. And that, that's that's kind of the sad thing about those uh, Super Bowl tickets in a weird way, is that it did kind of feel like she made an effort. Like, she actually thought of something. Because when she handed him an envelope, I, I almost thought it was divorce papers. <laughs> like, I thought, oh, she's just going to end this. That's why it's in an envelope. And no, she, she actually thought of something that might be appealing to him. So... A, obviously the idea that he not turns that down and says propose it immediately is just a, a shitbag thing to do. But, like, she actually did put in a little effort into that gift. Like, she was, like, in some way trying to 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 go back to having a married life. Uh, mm-hmm. But you, you can tell even she's the, into it. Even the trying to leave her, um, what do you call a person that you have an affair with? <laughs> yeah, it's not mistress. <laughs> Yeah. Mattress? What's the male version of the mistress? Mattress? Yeah, the, yeah, the mattress. <laughs> yeah, her even trying to leave him, I was like, that kind of showed that she was trying to maybe save her marriage. I don't know. That's going to be bugging me. Is there a word for a male mistress? Yeah. Or is this one of these sexist things where there's no word for it because it's always the woman who's in the wrong? Is, is that like why there's no word mm. for it? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just. I'm, I'm giving it. I'm. I'm giving this over to Generation Z. You guys come up with the word for us. <laughs> I'm not in that. Gen- I'm a millennial. I dare you. <laughs> I know. We're sweet. They've. They've already declared you old. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they say millennials are old, and and they have to worry about their Harry Potter houses and stuff like that. That's so right. I'm, that's right. Yes. I'm handing it off to them. These whippersnappers. How dare they? Yeah, you guys make up words. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so, but obviously where the movie really gets going here. And, uh, but I want to make this clear, this opening like 25 minutes, 30 minutes, because it's a 9 minute movie, so it's like about a third. It's honestly pretty solid as far as like being intriguing. It's not perfect. I, I think Megan Fox is a little wooden 
and her acting at times. Like, she is a little bit... And it kind of works for what the character's going through, but it's not always appropriate. Like, sometimes it feels like she could be given us a little bit more. But, you know, it, like, it works well enough. And she she feels trapped in this marriage. You know, it gets the point across. So she wakes up and she's like, it's really cold. And she's like, you know, getting under the covers. And then she's like, wait a minute, I'm handcuffed. And she yanks on it. So like, what the hell is this? And then he just turns around and he says something. I can't even remember what he says. Something really ominous. Just like, I can't remember. I don't know. But he doesn't acknowledge what she said. He just says something, you know, whatever his last line was going to be. And then he just immediately pulls up a gun and shoots himself in the head. Um, and obviously she's freaking out. The body's there. There's like a chunk of his head just kind of open mm-hmm. and there's blood and She's in her nightie, right? He's removed, presumably when she's been asleep, she, he's removed all of the other clothes that were in here, right? And it's a lake house, so it's not like they were stocked up with tons of clothes, because uh, mm-hmm. they're not living here, typically. He's removed uh, her phone, you know, she when she eventually goes downstairs and drags the body down, uh, she's put on his shirt to try and, because again, he's, he's left the front door open so that the whole house would cool down in the winter. Uh, so it's freezing. Uh, the phone's in the v- the vase of water, so that doesn't work. Um, all of the there's no utensils. There's nothing to even because I mean, me being the horror movie guy, I'm like, just cut off his hand. Like he's dead. What what difference does it make now? Yeah, just cut off his hand. I was thinking that too. <laughs> but he started that because there's no there's nothing to do it with, right? You know, there's there's nothing. Um, so it, this part of the movie becomes like her on her own. And it's like, oh, holy shit. Okay, so is this going to be hard? Just trying to figure out what he's you know what is he not thought of what what is she going to discover or figure out that he's not thought because when she gets to the car which is in a separate garage you know across the uh there's like a walkway so she actually got in the snow she actually gets part the only thing that's in the closet that he's left there out of symbolism is her wedding dress so she's actually ripped up parts of that and wrapped it around her feet so she can try and walk in the snow uh not very effective i wouldn't mm-hmm. imagine but you know, she gets to the car and she's you know, she's found the keys, which is you know she's like, okay, that's lucky. But he's thought of this because he's emptied the car, he's emptied the the the, you know, the tank. Uh, but the radio plays and he's left a message saying, oh, you've gotten this far. I, do you know what? I, I'll be surprised. I'm I'm honestly surprised that there wasn't more of this, like other like messages he left for her. Like I was surprised this was the only one. Yeah, I don't know. That's the that's where I had to start to uh, suspend my disbelief because. There's no way that a person this wealthy were having the type of car that he have that wouldn't have OnStar on it. A lot of these cars, you can literally hit one button and call for help. Mm. That's a fair. That's a fair point. And, uh, yeah. So I was like, so we're just gonna ignore that that exists. It, Joe is so funny. It never even occurred to me because I have never, I have literally never been in a car with that as a, an option. I. I've only been in a rental car that I still drive around an old beater car, but I know the existence yeah, of a nicer he, car. He has <laughs> filthy rich. I mean, yeah. to, be yeah. f- to be fair, though, to be, he has planned all this meticulously. Could he have intentionally brought a car that he knew didn't have that? Like, that's something he could yeah, have chosen. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, he yeah. could have done that. Or so. disabled it. I'm sure there's a mechanism to disable it. Yeah, he just didn't pay the bill. He's like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's not happening. Uh, so I, I think there's a ways, there's a bit, I never thought of it, but I think there is, you could explain it by him just, given given everything else he's thought of, and everything else mm-hmm. he's set up to like not be there. You know, she goes down, but she drags his body all the way down to the basement and the tools are all gone. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, 
I don't know if it was with Connor or Tim, but I made fun of another movie once for having all the outlines on the wall of where the tools were. But it turns out that's actually a real thing. And this is now another example oh, of Oh, is it? it? Yeah, this, this is not... I, I laughed at that too. It felt like a like something they would put in a Looney Tunes cartoon. No, it, it's like, I was like, why is there an outlaw in no, I made fun of this, but uh, I can't remember the explanation, but so, you know, people commented saying, no, no, this is like a common thing with this type of workbench. It's, it's something, I think it's just because it's not obvious where things go necessarily. So you just have, it's like a safety or... Thing. I don't know. I, I can't remember. So I'm sure someone in the comments will say it again <laughs> now that I've brought it up. But uh, I, I sort of smelled them and oh, I know that's not bullshit now. Because I, I thought it was such a movie thing. Uh, be, you know, because oh, there was teasing a saw or something like that. So they wanted to see the outline of the saw. But now it turns out it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real thing that happens. <laughs> so like the like the orange juice in the clear carafe. I don't know anyone who pours their orange juice out of the carton into the clear carafe or even if you are making a like freshly squeezed orange juice the decanters that come with the juicers don't look anything like the glass the pretty glass orange juice uh um pictures that they always have in movies yeah uh or the fact that when the movies whenever they, ha- they buy some groceries there's always a baguette sticking out of the bag yes yes you're not done shopping until you get a baguette <laughs> And no, no one just buys lettuce and like you know it's already shredded in the bag. It's always a full cabbage. It's always a full mm-hmm. head of lettuce and the <laughs> in the bag. Or celery sticks sticking out of the top. Also. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, movie tropes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, and this is where she's getting frustrated and she's yelling. You know, like the shock of him being dead. She's over, which is fine. Where I maybe had a problem with her acting a little bit in terms of, and it, it may not be her fault. It may be more the director or the script, not like writing her to be more shocked but very soon a cart is coming up and it turns out to be tom her her boyfriend and she's hesitant to open the door at first and he explains that she, you know, he, he thinks she sent him a message but it turns obviously it's the husband the dead husband sent him some text or something and he comes in and immediately he starts because he's a lawyer too so he's like oh um well this is going to look really suspicious and you washed your face and she's like yeah, I had blood all over my face. I didn't want to have blood on my face, so I washed it off. So yeah, but that's evidence. So all these suspicions. So he starts thinking about all this, and then sure enough, there's another car that pulls up, and it's like, okay, this criminal who attacked her in the past, who he said earlier on was being denied parole, is probably he's probably set this up so that he'll come and kill her, uh, right? And this is where it gets a bit hokey and a bit B movie with the premise, and I'm like, okay, but I'm having fun, so I don't really mind. I'll go along for the ride. But this is some of the writing too, because they did that lazy thing where mm. they have one character say to the other one, "Well, so and so and such and such, little brother." I hate when they do that. <laughs> Most of the time, if you write the dialogue a certain way, you'll be able to ascertain that two people are related or they're bro- they're siblings. Yeah. Siblings talk to each other a certain way. There's you don't a have scene. To pause to say you're my brother. There's a scene lo- later on where. Th- uh, and this is natural, where the the older one, the one who's the you know the guy who attacked her, who went to prison, mm-hmm. he says, you know, he says like that bitch like sent me away, and they they took our dad's house. I'm like that 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 would have told us later the brothers, mm-hmm. like that would have been enough. Yeah. Uh, that was then that was fine. But yeah, you're right. There's this line where he's like, ah, oh, come on, little brother, and I'm like, yeah. I think t- what's funny is I think because I grew up watching movies, there's almost part of me that just assumes like certain like 
parts of america speak like this where they'll say like little brother and like yeah no we don't we don't <laughs> they just put that in movies because they think the audience isn't smart enough to figure out yeah, that, yes. that people are siblings anyway so the acting thing here that i was getting at is that so tom gets killed you know he tries to talk to the little brother and the little brother clearly is not as criminal as the, the bigger brother, right? He's clearly not wanting to hurt anyone. He's he's, he's kind of your typical tropey character who's... He's with the bad guys, but he's he's a little bit more sympathetic or he doesn't seem to actually want to murder anyone. And he's like kind of shocked when his brother just comes up and stabs him. But Tom gets stabbed and killed. Uh, and... Like, Megan Fox, I felt like here, there's a lot of times where she has a chance to react to like when it's happening and she's hiding around the corner, where I just... I didn't feel like the... like. Her, the trauma like it's one thing for the husband she was like detached to already who's intentionally trying to mess with her as well so any sympathy she had for what he'd done was probably quickly gone because like he wanted to put her through hell and his death um but you know tom who in the opening scene like we get this like what's supposed to be more of a a, a solid connection between them it kind of felt like she wasn't really distraught enough <laughs> Yeah, I, like I can get when her husband passed away, I could get where she would feel relieved because mm. she wanted to get away from him anyways. But when Tom died, there should have been a much stronger reaction. And I keep thinking in my, in my head, Tony Collette would have killed this. Like, she's so <laughs> good at this type of thing. But she's on another level. Like, she should have had an Oscar three times over. If she wasn't doing horror movies, she would have had an Oscar a long time ago. I mean, it's, it's a bit mean to be like, yeah, Tony Collette, just because, like, yeah, Megan Fox is all, Megan Fox is all right in this, but if Tony Collette was in this movie, oh, <laughs> it, would yes. be, it would be a, a bit A+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, you're right. <laughs> it's a bit mean, but you're right. Yeah. Uh, well, mechanically, though, what I like about this, though, is like, okay, so you're giving me a movie where they're out in the middle of nowhere, and we have two villains, one who's much more vicious than the other one, but we have two villains, and she's hiding from them, they don't know where she is. But she has to sneak around with a dead man's body attached to her. That's actually, like, because I, I often talk about mechanics in horror movies because I think that mm-hmm. to make a fun horror movie, you, you boil it down to a mechanic. And you tell, because how many times we've seen the movie, the character's hiding from bad guys who are in a house or in a building and they're trying to sneak around without being seen. It's kind of the, the scaredy cat die hard, where instead of being an action hero and shooting people and being able to be the hero, they're having to just stay out of sight and try and hide because if they get caught, they're dead or whatever. And this is like, okay, this obstacle you've given her of having this, you know, I mean, he's not like a like a heavy guy by the looks of it, but you know, it doesn't matter. He's still a grown man. Like to drag a grown man around is still difficult, regardless of who you are. Uh, especially since it has to hurt your wrist. The way it's pulling on your wrist constantly with that handcuff, it has to be painful. Um, and I was almost, again, a little disappointed that she... It's, it's actually right after this she gets she manages to get free of him because she uh, hacks off his thumb. Because when she takes him out to the little boathouse, there's a there's a, a rudder, which is just it's metal enough and it's sharp enough that she's like, oh, I can, you know, get part of his hand off with this. And sure enough, she does. And there's, don't worry, there's some good sequences here where she's hiding in the boat under the tarp and they're walking around on the outside and they're talking and she's freezing, like, you know, she's you know, she's she's in, like, a white shirt and, like, uh, trousers and that's it. Like, she has nothing else on. She she is freezing her ass off. And I'm like, but now it's just normal. Now it's a normal movie hiding from bad guys scene because it's not... Because I thought if she was lit... Because when this happens and she hides under there quickly, 
it's right after she's like hacked off his thumb and the dead guy's hand's still kind of like up in the, the side of the boat and i thought mm-hmm. this would be so much more tense if she was still connected to him the entire time like if if at any point if they tried to pull him away it would reveal she was there and I'm like, that would be really interesting. So it's a, it's a kind of a shame that she'd already gotten free by this point. Even though I, I do understand that mechanically you have to shake it up and give her that freedom at a certain point. And they do fun things with that. There's those moments, you know, a few minutes later where she's like, you can see like the one guy's in the foreground, like walking away from the house and she's sort of like sneaking from the the, the, uh, the garage into the, the basement in the background. And there's a lot of like playing with the the... the you know the chest pieces on the board as they're moving around each mm-hmm. other and i love that stuff i always love that stuff but this movie had a unique element which is that she's handcuffed to a dead guy while she's having to do this and i felt like they could have maybe done a little bit more with that yeah i i liked i think that's where she kind of shined the most was the physicality mm. her having to drag this body up and down stairs into a car out of a car even in a in a boathouse i thought they were going to catch her because even if you hide under a boat if you're outside and it's really at temperature, no matter where you hide, they will see your breath. Yeah. So, so that was another little thing that I, had, I said, okay, I'm not thinking about the logistics of how this would really happen, but I thought she did a great job with her physical acting. Yeah, even just little things like, and this wasn't an acting moment per se, but just like when she goes out of the basement and there's no tools there, and then she looks back up the stairs, realizing she's going to have to drag him all the way back up <laughs> the stairs, mm-hmm. and she's like. You can do this. <laughs> like, oh, this is the most workout you've ever had. This is this is this is intense. Um, uh, as far as contrivances go, with like the the logistics of things happening, there's a moment where the younger guy is going back out because they realize the safe that's in the closet upstairs needs needs a thumbprint, and like, oh, well, the dead guy's hand will do it. So he's going back out to get the corpse, and Megan Fox happens to be outside at this point because she's trying to like because she's found like a canister of uh, gas gasoline. And she's trying to get it, take it to the, the car. And she, like, she's, so she's outside. When the younger brother comes out, she's outside. And she just basically dives into like, the, the, the sort of indent of snow she's made by dragging the, the gas canister. And I'm like, I don't know if I'd buy that you would actually be hidden <laughs> from just lying down in the snow like this. <laughs> like, the other guy has to be so, like, unaware. And just, like, not paying attention to not notice her. And they show it, like, they, they try and, like, make it passable with the camera work to make it feel like, yeah, he wouldn't see her, but part of me is like, nah, I mean, peripheral vision's a thing. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like well, you would notice. In the snow, they didn't they didn't make it uh, evident that the snow was that deep. Like, no. there, you could do that, like, in, you know, where I grew up, there were times we could get three feet of snow. If you're walking through three feet of snow, then all through the movie, the snow would have been up to their knees. Yeah, yeah, it's just not <laughs> as slick as that. That wasn't the case. So, so even you dragging the canister, there isn't... Well, how is there now all of a sudden two feet of snow from you dragging <laughs> the canister when you're only walking on a few inches of snow? That's not how this works. Yeah, well, and I think that's why, like, this last chunk of the movie where there's these characters chasing her around and looking for her, it's fun, and that's why I'm still kind of positive on the movie, because it is entertaining to still watch her do this, even if you don't quite buy the technique she's using to, like, survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a lot of smart things where she has the car key, so she sets off the alarm t- when they're about to find her. Um, it's just typical movie stuff, but it is fun, and that's why I'm like, no, it's still a fun B-movie. Like, e- even if it doesn't quite live up to the tone that it sets at the start, I think because it is still just entertaining to watch the, the stuff play out. Um, mm-hmm. like I say though I hinted at this at the start though and spoiler free is that the biggest problem the movie probably has is that the guy who attacked her here and his little brother 
I don't. I don't actually think they're that menacing, and in particular the the one who's meant to be, which is the the older brother. He kind of comes across as just like a, a guest star on a TV show. Because one, yes. one of the big complaints I normally have with these VOD movies is that they don't look like movies. And I actually think this movie does look like a movie. I'll, I'll give it credit. The cinematography makes it feel like a movie. So it's funny to me that my complaint with this bad guy is that he feels like a guest star on a TV. And I've seen the actor in other things before. I couldn't even tell you what it was. But he um he just doesn't have... He feels just like a, such a, a typical menace. Like... And it's not that he's not dangerous to her, he's walking about, he's got his big knife and whatever, but he feels just, I don't know, he's not like horror movie villain levels of like intimidating, he's more just kind of like, I don't know, criminal villain levels, yeah, if that makes I sense. I wrote in my notes that he reminds me of a villain from Tales from the Crypt, like an episode oh. of Tales from the Crypt. Which one? Or just just in general. Oh no, just in general. Just in general, just in general. okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see what you're saying. He, he kind of feels like a... Uh, He's okay on, on like a, as a guest star in an episode of like, I don't know, pick pick crime show or pick mm-hmm. you know, murder mystery um, show. Um, Law and Order. Sure, yeah, <laughs> he's like, definitely Law and Order guy. And I don't actually think it's the performance. I think it is just the way he's written. Where mm-hmm. because I think it's because they're just there for the money in the safe. Like, see if it was about killing her. I think mm-hmm. I mean he's happy to do that and he wants to do that too. But his main goal is to get the diamonds in the safe because he he wants to be rich and i think in a horror movie that just makes your villain less interesting because a villain in a horror movie should be more sinister and that that feels just kind of like he's too human he's too normal yeah, her, <laughs> husband, a, her husband was scarier than him yeah her the husband the, was scarier the, the husband pulling off all this insane like i'm going to have her trapped attached to me in a house that has no heating in the middle of nowhere that is far more horror movie levels of sinister and far more yeah so he never lives up to the dead husband mm-hmm. I, I guess is the thing i mean if i'm going to like attempt to say that the movie's trying to do something with the script here i would maybe say that okay since the husband effectively you know quote-unquote saved her uh you know a decade ago when she was attacked by being the lawyer who came in and put the bad guy away the idea that she then after his death in order to completely sever her ties to this relationship she has to also like fight that battle on her own as well to finally be free of the marriage kind of thing right so it's not only just about getting rid of the husband it's about also winning that battle on her own that he kind of won for her back in the day which isn't really true because she, she stabbed him in the eye and like got away herself mm-hmm. he just put her he just put him in prison but like i kind of get what the movie's doing with that uh there's some action stuff at the end that the younger brother tries to like sort of like stop him uh in fact one of the things we should mention is the gun that the husband used to kill himself with uh megan fox did the thing that i thought she should do immediately was like try and use the gun to shoot the the chain because presumably mm-hmm. that should break the chain right a bullet mm-hmm. should do it or at least a few bullets but of course he shot himself with one bullet in the gun right mm-hmm. <laughs> everything else is empty but it played up nicely because you knew it was lying there so later on when the younger brother picks up the gun and aims at his, his older brother it's like okay we know it's empty we know but they don't know that and the brothers end up fighting uh especially when it turns out the husband didn't put the diamonds in the safe the diamonds are in this the steel necklace which can't come off so and it's it's just a hacksaw that's in the <laughs> in the in the in safe the so so the, the the older brother wants to just cut off her head and the brother's oh, fight wait, he pauses he pauses to say this brilliant line what was the line the line was something to the effect of he doesn't want us to cut the necklace off her he wants us to cut her off the necklace <laughs> 
<laughs> I would have loved to see this in a movie theater just for the audience reaction. I think yeah. that would have got some chuckles. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I feel like the natural thing to say isn't why he cut us to cut off the necklace. He wants us to cut our head off would be the line that I would expect yeah. you to say in that scenario. Yeah. But he went with this weird, cheesy, mm-hmm. roundabout movie way of saying it. <laughs> no, that's true. So I'm actually going to give the movie points for something here. This is a really weird thing to give a movie points for. So basically the brothers are struggling and, the, and because the little brother is behind the big brother, he gets knocked against the, the wall and the back of his head goes on to like a little coat hanger which kills him, right? And I thought it looked quite effective the way his eye kind of bloodied up uh, as he was dying, but he's kind of hanging from this coat hanger because he's impaled, the back of his head's impaled on it. But what I'm going to give it points for, it's a fun little death, but what I'm going to give it points for is that after about 15 seconds, his body weight becomes too much for the coat hanger, so the coat hanger falls out the wall, like it sort of snaps out of its uh, joint, and I'm like, you know what? Most movies would just leave them there hanging because they think it's a cool visual, and this is actually the realistic thing, where of course a human's weight is too much for that coat hanger, mm-hmm. and it's going to fall out. Because you know, it's, it's this little coat hanger that's connected by like one screw. Of course mm-hmm. that screw is going to like you know pull out a bit of the plaster and fall down. I don't know. I know it's a stupid little thing to be like, here, have points, movie, but... I, I agree. I, I like that, that the body fell. Because I wasn't <laughs> expecting it to. Yeah, no, nor was I. Uh, but it's, it's an okay little death. And of course, like, the villain is just this typical, like, asshole who's like, this is all your fault. You've led... You this is, you led to killing my brother. You put me in prison. I'm like, yeah, but you, you tried to kill her. Or you attacked her. Whatever you did. Like, <laughs> But all of it's her fault. It's her fault for taking his life away. Sure, sure, dirtbag. Sure, uh, but yes, uh, she manages to like hit him in the head, and then she attaches the handcuff to him, so that now he's attached to the. And I should mention here that they re-handcuffed her to her dead husband when they caught her, but then the younger brother like used his lock because he's like a safe cracker, so he like, uses his lockpick skills to get rid of the handcuffs. She puts the handcuff on on the bad guy here uh, when he's knocked out for a moment. So now he has to chase her, and he's the one handcuffed to the dead body, which is a fun role reversal. I enjoyed that part of it. Uh, they get out into the ice. They're fighting, um, and eventually he's like stabbed the ice enough and stuff that the ice cracks and they fall into the water. She stabs him in the eye in the water, which is a fun little, you know, sort of like ironic thing because she stabbed him in the eye when she was defending herself with her keys. And, you know, that's what we hear about the flashbacks. So, Wait, let me describe this. Go on. Because this part I really, really like. When they're on, the, they're on the ice, she runs out to the ice and when he's stabbing at her and he breaks the ice, he doesn't immediately fall into the water. The body falls in the water. And since it's handcuffed true, to yeah. him... He can't get away, and so as he's falling in water, he grabs her by the necklace, which won't come off her. And Wait. it's a beautiful shot of them all descending underneath the water. And a point on the and necklace the... is that we know that that ne- the bolt cutters couldn't cut through that necklace, so that necklace yeah. is not going to come off no matter what. We mm-hmm. know that thing is going to drag her in. <laughs> and it's it's it's. I think it's extra flash. I was I'm about to say funny. Okay, I'm I'm. <laughs> Make of that what you will, but I think <laughs> that it's extra funny that when they're underwater and she's trying to get away with him, knowing that she stabbed his eye out the first time to get away with him, she stabs his other eye out yeah. <laughs> under the water to get away from him, and she has to swim back up to the surface. <laughs> but it's shot beautifully. I don't know. They probably had to get a tank and everything oh, to sure, do yeah. that, but it looked great. I mean, even the ice on top, I'm sure, was a stage, because it, it does ha- it does look a little fake, you know, in the distance. It looks like the, the, you know, the 
the the distance to see like a CG backdrop, which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. I get why you're not shooting on a real you know bed of ice, right? You're you're on like a stage mm-hmm. and it's fake ice, and you know they're actually nice and cozy warm, I assume. But mm-hmm. uh, but now you're now you're right. They, they, they do a lot here with the the the, 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 the almost the chain reaction of like. The, the body dragging him down and him grabbing her and, and yeah, the, the whole thing is kind of... Again, it's a little over the top. It's very B-movie, which mm-hmm. is why it, it sort of is it, definitely in B-movie territory by the third act. But it is fun. To give it credit, it's paced very well. It doesn't drag, which is a problem I have with a lot of, uh, you know, these low-budget VOD movies that, you know, end up... Uh, I find myself just, like, being terribly bored. This movie has a character who was trapped in a relationship they didn't want, uh, with someone who's clearly very vindictive, um, and everything afterwards when she's in this predicament is very focused. It's very well paced in terms of the actual, just the actions of her dealing with each obstacle and each person she's interacting with, and try to like problem solve her way through things. But it's also, I, I mean, not a super great metaphor, but it's a pretty decent metaphor for okay. There's this literal idea of her trying to break away from her dead husband, the the ball and chain, as you put it and ultimately mm-hmm. dealing with this thing from her past which is actually kind of tied to her husband because her husband kind of fought this battle for her in a way back in the day so now she has to it's, you know do it herself it's funny you it's funny you said it's tied to her husband <laughs> <laughs> i don't even mean that but i'll, I'll, I know, I'll, I'll take points <laughs> i'll take pun points I'm happy. I think this would have been fun to watch in a the theater because there's a lot of moments that I can I can almost hear the audience reaction. Do you have any like theaters near you where there the audience is like particularly more raucous? Ra- was raucous that the word I'm trying to say? Raucious. Yes. This is, you, know, you ever know when you type something out, you know the correct word, but you've never said it aloud. You've only yes, it? yes. One of those things, but do you have any theaters? Oh, actually, raucous. Like that? I think raucous is what you're saying for us. It's not raucous. You, you said the soft sea, so then I said the soft sea, and I'm like, no, wait, it's raucous. Mm-hmm. Uh, or rowdy. Okay. I thought, I, I think that's what you did. You mixed oh, up. Oh, rowdy. Yes, that's a better word. You rowdy. mixed up rowdy and raucous. Anyway, uh, no, this is the thing. The UK audiences in the mm-hmm. theaters are very, very different from the US. Um, audiences in, in theaters in the UK do not clap at movies, they do not cheer. They do, the only noise that anyone makes at a movie is laughter at a comedy because jokes will make people laugh. But other than that, audiences are very quiet unless she gets like shithead teenagers who won't shut up. But other than that, <laughs> um, uh, it's a very different experience. This, like see, seeing clips on YouTube of people watching Avengers Endgame in the US and like everyone cheering when like Captain America does something. I'm like, this is weird. What are you yeah. doing? It's a movie. <laughs> oh, it's like if you... You would have loved seeing Freddy versus Jason in a the movie theater. It was like going to <laughs> a sports game because mm. you had like diehard Freddy fans and diehard Jason fans cheering at different points in the movie, <laughs> like it was an actual competition. Yeah, um, but no, I mean, uh, yeah, there's definitely some some grown worthy lines or eye rolling mm-hmm. kind of little moments, but it's fun. It's well paced. It kept my interest. Um. You know, you have the symbolic ending again with her like swimming back up after she stabbed him, and she has the knife still, and she can't find like the 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 hole where she could, even though it felt like she swam just straight back up. But movies always do this where they can't find their way out of the the water when they're under ice. Well, well, what happens is if well, she was in a lake, so I get that. Yeah, it doesn't make sense in a lake. In a river, it makes sense because in a river, if you go under the ice, the the yeah, river is yeah. running, so the water pushes you. But she was in a lake, so it was, it was very still. It was it wasn't yeah, like she was. Yeah. 
But yeah, so you have the symbolic thing where she actually like just stabs up from underneath with the knife. So you eventually get the knife mm-hmm. coming up, and it's a very similar. So she's breaking through. She's breaking through from her marriage. She's breaking through from this trauma. All the rest of it is, you know, the the the, the metaphors are there. Um, and you know, we end with her lying next. She did like get to Tom's phone, which we knew was in his car at one point, and she called nine one one. She got the phone taken off her immediately, but. I mean, we assume that the police, because of this call, traced it and sent someone out. I don't know if that's, like, I don't know, is that a thing? Like, if someone calls 911 and they get cut off immediately, that they'll actually take it seriously and look into it? Because I feel like it probably happens a lot. <laughs> for It's not um universally, yeah. like, across the board, because every state... Like I was, I called the United. We should be called the United Countries of America because every state has their own yeah. little thing going on. Some states they do automatically follow up. Other states they don't. Like for example, if it's New York City, they're not gonna. There's just no time to follow up on every single one. But if you're in a small town, more than likely they're gonna follow up on it. They did. Um, I mean, I don't know where they drove to. I don't know if they're still in New York State uh, at this lake house. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, they could. They could have gone to a lot of people in the city if they have a lake house they have a lot of options it could be yeah. north to upstate new york north to connecticut or um west to new jersey yeah that's yeah, so a lot of there's a lot of options to think that they could have driven to mm-hmm. yeah uh and we know they were driving for at least an hour i mean admittedly i don't know what that translates to yeah Oh, you could drive for an hour and still be in new york easily you could be but i mean she says at least she says you told me that an hour ago but that the, the actual journey could have been three hours or something I mean, we don't know mm. we have no idea how long the actual journey was but um regardless i mean it's it's, it's a minor mm. nitpick if it is a nitpick if, at all but uh but we hear sirens at the end to know that she's not going to be left out here if we did just so that we can have the happy mm. ending so mm-hmm. no it's fun like I, I think the opening is actually so stylized that it's almost a little disappointing in a way that the rest of the movie isn't as stylized but it's well paced. Mm-hmm. It's a nice, simple story. It has some fun moments. Has some moments of suspense. It has moments where you can see, you know, the, the the two characters are like opposing sides, and she's trying to hide from them or things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Or when like one, you know, the brothers coming up the stairs, and the other one's coming down the stairs, and she's in the middle, and that's when she sets off the car alarm. Just like moments of that. They're very movie, but they're handled well enough. I think it's a decent, fun time that I would recommend. And you know, eventually we're going to hit something that's shit. And I am going to go on an absolute tirade about why it's terrible, but we've not had mm-hmm. that yet on this show. Maybe it's just new show luck. This is beginner's luck because this is a new show. But uh, that's 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 where we are. So, uh, anything else you would like to add? Uh... Um, just that it when I watched this, it was available on Vudu and Amazon mm-hmm. for six ninety nine. I don't think it's worth six ninety nine. Wait for it to drop to three ninety nine, sure. <laughs> or for it to go to one of the streaming service, a different streaming service like Shutter or or Netflix or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, well, in that case, uh, rate the movie then. Rate, rate the movie out of ten. Are we doing a, a half points or no half points? You can do point five. Yeah, you can do a point five. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna do. Six point five only because I did get a little bit bored towards the middle. Sure. And then uh, it, it picked back up. I feel like the they probably could have cut maybe ten or fifteen minutes out of out of this, or they could have maybe had the the brothers having a conversation as they're driving up or something to change the pacing. I guess I don't know how I I'm just uh, kicking out ideas of how they could have made the the middle more interesting to me. 
Whoa. Yeah, I think it would have been nice to have two cutaways, like one cutaway of Tom driving and receiving the, the text message, and you're not maybe not sure whether he's going to show up or not, and then another cutaway of the two brothers. Maybe that might have uh, made it a little less boring for me towards the middle. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I think we're on different sides here of this because I, I, I think it's paced very well, and I think the middle where she's on her own and it is just her and the, the body and she's just going around trying to figure things out. To me, in many ways, that was the interesting part of the... Uh, was the discovery of all that. But um, I'm actually landing... This is, I think this is... Is this the third episode in a row that we're having the same score? I think it is because... Yeah. Uh, I'm also going with a 6.5. I, I don't want to quite go into the it's... You know, solid good territory that I was—I think a seven represents. So I'm—I'm I'm going to go six point five. But I'm fairly—I'm you know, enthusiastic about it, and I'll happily take a six point five uh, uh, compared to a lot of other things. So, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's well worth—it's worth watching if you—if you, if you like the sound of the premise, I think you'll probably have a fun time with it. Um, not be blown away, but have a fun time, and that's okay. So, there you go. That's Tell Death. Uh, so, of course, let us know what you thought of the movie. If you've seen it in the comments, like and subscribe, liking and subscribing and dinging the bell for the notifications are very important on YouTube. There's a reason why every YouTuber tells you to do it. So, please mm-hmm. do. It uh, helps keep the channel growing. Um, and, of course, you can do similar things. If you listen to the audio version um, on the Screams After Midnight audio feed, you can uh, you know, rate us five stars and give us a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Uh, that is cool too and very much appreciated and of course you can support everything by going over to patreon.com slash mailflyestv and for as little as one dollar per month uh, support all the content and keep it all coming and get some bonuses uh, including starting in August a bonus episode once a month of the Sacred Hockey Mask Um, so uh, we'll have our first bonus episode up sometime in early August so look forward to that um but yeah, I'll, I'll give. Uh, actually, no, before before I let you promote, uh, before just while I'm on still on Patreon, I'll thank our Patreon producers, and I'll give Shasha a chance to uh, uh, shell, <laughs> shell, mm-hmm. Shasha shells. That's the segment I've I've, I've named mm-hmm. it. Uh, all right, so thank you to our Patreon producers: uh, Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bordnow, Al Traisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. Uh, that is all of our Patreon producers. Uh, over at patreon.com slash TV. All right, Sasha, take away. <laughs> I always mess up when I start to show for myself because I'm great at advertising for other people, but I'm terrible at advertising for myself. You don't, you don't have to have a, like a script. <laughs> just, you know, just say just What do you want to mention this week? Just obviously mention well, your channel's be, name, but, you know. I, as always, I'm on, I'm on What I Just Watch. I also have a website, whatdidijustwatch.com. Um, stay tuned for new episodes of Coast to Coast Horror with Crystal and Shasha, where we talk about uh, horror movies from sea to side and sea and sometimes abroad. And we have some great stuff coming up for you because we went on a few ghost hunting adventures and we recorded it. So we'll see. We'll take a look at the footage and see what we can salvage from. <laughs> <laughs> salvage. Oh, a lot happened. A lot happened. Like the ghosts were really messing with us. They said, oh, you want to record? We'll give you something to, to, to see. Um, also on Monday, I will be on Hood Podcast at 7 p.m. Eastern. Is that what, what Monday's that? That's, that yeah, this will be Monday up, coming. This will be up before Monday. Okay, I was going to say like, <laughs> that that may be irrelevant by the time this goes up, but it's not. It's not. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, so cool, cool. Uh, so you got all that. As always, the link to Sasha's channel will be down in the uh, 
description. So, so it's always down there in these episodes. You can always go and click on it for easy access. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the the show. That has been the Sacred Hockey Mask, uh, our horror movie podcast for contemporary films. Um, and yes, well, hopefully you enjoyed enjoyed your time. As far as other stuff from Mailfuss TV goes, uh, or, or Mailfuss Movies in this case, if you're on the Mailfuss Movies channel, uh, check out the Atomic Cinema Experiment that I do with Tara. That is the sci-fi movie podcast. And uh, movie news came back this week as well. I was I talked to Connor about some ongoing stuff in the movie world, and that should hopefully be a weekly thing now again as well. So go and check out all that stuff. But otherwise, that is uh, that is us. That has been the show. So thank you once again for watching or listening. And I'm still, you know, tweaking this outro a little bit. But let's see if I nail it this time. If you see someone wearing the sacred mask, repeat to yourself. Hockey season ended months ago.